Good morning. This is Sunday Ozarks at Large. I'm Kyle Kellens. With me is Heim Goodman-Strauss. Good morning, Kyle. Good morning, Heim. He is a math professor at the University of Arkansas who is busy teaching summer school oh, yeah. during this summer, but not on Sunday mornings. That's no. when you come in here. That's right. Uh, last week, well, last week y- you introduced our listeners to gambling. <laughs> sort of. So last week we talked about game theory, which is a really important uh, part of economics and to a lesser degree, mathematics. And we talked about von Neumann. You know, um, John Nash, who is the subject of A Beautiful Mind recently, yes. he um, he got the Nobel Prize for his pioneering work in game theory, which extended the von Neumann uh, minimax theorem. So in particular, von Neumann was interested in zero-sum games, where you win or I win. And every, every penny you get comes from my pocket and vice versa, right? right? And you had launched this game at the end of our uh, visit last Sunday, where we were playing with pennies. That's right. And and you gave me the choice. Well, here was the payout. Uh-huh. Uh, if if we both turned over a penny on uh-huh. the table and they both came up heads, you would get three cents. That's right. If they both came up tails, you'd get one cent. That's right. If they came up head and tails in any – either you head, me head, you tail, whatever, I would get two cents. That's right. And you asked if I wanted to – the evens that was the best, or the odds. That was – that was if yeah. that which was the best um, – and I took position. the penny tail, or, or I took the head tail combination for two cents each time. Okay. And and then you that was the get, right choice. Oh, it was. That's right. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, so what von Neumann said was that for any situation like that, there's su- there, the ideal strategy is a set of percentages that you would write down ahead of time some set of time, some set of percentages that you would do pick heads some percent of the time and tail some percent of the time and that you'd completely randomize it but with that so but it would come out in the long run to those percentages that's the key the long run that's right absolutely right and once you pick those percentages then nobody could make things worse for you by changing their own strategy so the classic example is paper scissors rock the right mm-hmm. strategy is to randomly do each of those one third of the time you pick the percentage, one-third, 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 and then you stick with it, but you do it randomly. Mm-hmm. So I don't really want to prove that, but I will uh, show you how to work out what the payoff is. Okay. So it's pretty easy, really. So what you do, I think it's easiest to make a little grid. So I don't know. It's kind of hard to, for people to visualize this. Just make a square, right? Make a square, right. And then it's going to have four little boxes in it. Mm-hmm. And they're going to say the columns, the first column is you pick heads, and the second column is you pick tails. And the first row is I pick heads and the first... So you'll have four little quadrants. That's right. Now, um, the numbers that go in there will be, say, the payout to you. So it'll be negative if I get the money and positive if you get the money. If I'm looking at this grid and and I see the you tails, me heads... That's right. And I go to that point where those two meet, that's a plus two. That's exactly right. And if I go to where it's you heads, me heads... That's a minus three. That's right, because okay. it's three dollars right. to my pocket. So the grid reads minus three, two in the first row, and then two, minus one in right. the second row. It's just a little chart where you're point, you're you're, you're yeah, coming sure. to a meeting with the That's two right. coins. And then last time you said, well, you should pick tails, and then you expected me to know that, and then, yeah. but then you know, and so on. But then if you know that I was going to pick tails, then you should pick heads. You can overthink then, it, right? But then. That's sort of von Neumann's point is you just, okay, well, you knew to some approximation that you should pick tails and avoid that big minus three. Because if I pick tails and lose, I'm still only losing That's one right. cent as opposed to picking heads and losing when I lose three cents. That's right. And to some approximation, I should pick tails too. So that should be the most common outcome, mm-hmm. but not the sole one or else you would just be out a penny every single right. time. It turns out that in the long run, 
you'll get an average of one penny every 16 rounds Okay. for this game, if I've worked it out right. And it's real easy to calculate it. It takes a little bit. It's Okay, let's just see how the percentages are worked out. So the you're going to have some parts heads and some parts tails. As it works out, you will have uh, three parts heads to five parts That's what I should tails. do according to von Neumann. Right. And the way you work that out is in the – the way you work out what the heads should be is you look in the second column and take the difference of the two entries. So in the second column, it's 2 minus 1, and the difference is 3. Mm-hmm. That means you should do three parts heads. Okay. In the, um, how, what, in the first column, the difference is 5. You have negative 3 and 2 for a difference of 5. You should have five parts tails. So three out of eight times I should do heads, five out of eight times I should do tails, but this should be all mixed up. It shouldn't be. Right. And okay. then similarly for me, it goes um, for the number of things for heads, I should look in the second row, and the difference there is two and minus one, three. So I should do um, three parts heads, and similarly I should do five parts tails because the first row, it's minus three and two. That's a difference of five. Okay, say we're playing this for high stakes, mm-hmm. and you and I are both armed with this knowledge uh-huh. from the grid and whatever. Then over the long run, will it? It can't change it. If I do three eights heads and five eights tails, then there's no way you can take advantage of me. I see. That's the point. Okay. And if you do three eights heads and five eights tails, knowing that, even if I know that, there's no way I can take advantage of you. And that's what von Neumann's okay. theory is all about. And then we can work out what the payout is because um, three eighths of the time I'll pick heads, and then three eighths of that you'll pick. Head. So nine sixty fourths of the time we'll have a negative three payout and so on. We work all of that out, and I think the answer comes out to be one sixteenth. I'm sorry, folks. I was a little careless. All that works out to be an eighth of a penny per game in Kyle's favor. So this was a a big deal, but it kind of has some problems. Like for example, with uh, launching a first strike uh-huh. nuclear attack, which was a real <laughs> concern. A lot of this, you know, just fun and game stuff. This lighthearted, haha was uh, commissioned by for the RAND Corporation, mm. you know, the mm-hmm. research uh, company to um, analyze, you know, what should we do in various kinds of cases on the international scene. And uh, if you look at the payout matrix, it's pretty inescapable, uh, unfortunately, that, um, you know... That nobody wins? That nobody wins. And so something is Remember kind that of, game, War, that movie War Games? Uh I didn't see it. But yeah, well, Matthew Broderick. Yeah, yeah, and and I, you know, th- there were simulations, and they all ended up at the same place where. Yeah, so there's something kind of dismally off about the whole topic. Well, anyway, Von. Uh, so uh, John Nash, as a young young man, came up with a way to talk about cooperative games, or not necessarily zero sum games. And so, in particular, um, the classic example is called the Prisoner's Dilemma. There must be hundreds of books with that title. There's certainly been thousands and thousands of research articles on it. But I'd like to recommend a book called The Prisoner's Dilemma by William Poundstone, which is a wonderful account of von Neumann and Nash and lots of other stuff. And it talks about all kinds of really fascinating um, game theory games. Now, in the movie, A Beautiful Mind, you know, they miss. I don't think that was really represented correctly. As I recall, there was this sort of sexist thing, you know, with... Um, they were they were explaining Nash's theory with they they were in a bar and there were five well, women and picking up women, women right yes I vaguely and, remember that yeah and as I recall the movie said that Nash's insight was that he should always go for the beautiful woman and 
yeah. or something like that because he would increase at least every once in a while he would get the big payout, right? Yeah. That's not really what it is at all. It's that he should assign some percentages and some specific percentage of the time he should go for the big prize and some other percentage of the time he should go for the um, lesser prize. And and so he has, there's actually a way of calculating precisely what that is. I suppose you could so, create it where the payoff is, is not... Uh, I mean, you could create this fantasy where it's, you know, the, the fate of the Earth. and then All kinds of things. Then Money you or, might be more likely to... Well, global warming is, a, is another, I mean, the Kyoto Protocol. Right. If all the nations got in, there'd be no particular economic cost to any one of us if, um, if you know, you sat out, mm-hmm. like some nations have, mm-hmm. and everyone else went in. There might be some economic benefit to us at the expense of others. Right. But if everyone sits out... Um, but someone could say not all things are equal. Right. Of course you know? not. Right. Of course not. So that's a very – actually highly complex example right. in real life. But you know what mathematicians do is we strip away things, try to find their essence, and then once their principles are uncovered, then you can maybe apply them to a wider range of settings. So here's the prisoner's dilemma. Ah, yes. Um, so there's all kinds of ways of talking about it. But I think the simplest and most classical way is that they're – the cops are taking us to jail, Carl. Okay. <laughs> All right. And uh, we're separated. Uh-huh. Okay? okay. And suppose that um, we'll never see each other again regardless. That mm-hmm. In the first iteration of the game, this is a one-shot deal. We'll never have anything to do with each other again. Okay. okay? Uh, so we're both hauled off to prison. Mm-hmm. We each have a choice to either rat or not rat. Okay. Okay. And if we don't rat – they can get us on like something minor, like not wearing our seatbelts or something, gotcha. and we'll spend a year in prison. And this is assuming the person who talks is telling the truth. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's we're right. not going to enter into right. Right. So, um, so if we both rat, we'll get a little <laughs> bit of a penalty, but not so bad. Now, mm-hmm. if we say sell each other out, suppose you sell me out, then I've got five years on my okay. hands. Okay. You know, and uh, and you get nothing. I walk. Right. And on the other hand, though, if um, we both sell each other out, then uh-huh. we both get a f- sort of a middle penalty, like three years each. Okay. So from your point of view, the best thing to do if is – I mean if we look at the whole thing, we both come out the best collectively if we both keep silent and don't and pay a word. fine. Right. Or, or whatever. Right. Um, and on the other hand, if you – but on the other hand, from your personal thing, is if you can actually successfully wrap me out and I – happen to keep silent, if you can double-cross me, then you do the absolute best situation. So now the question is, mm-hmm. what, though, is really going to happen? Because if I talk, one of two things is happening. I'm either getting off scot-free mm-hmm. or I'm going for three years. That's right. If I don't talk, I'm going to get maybe the fine. Mm-hmm. Which is one year, right? Or maybe five years, That's the maximum. Right. So you're going to do worse if you don't talk. Than if I talk. Although I... You always will do better. If once I make my decision, uh-huh. suppose you know that I've already made my decision, oh. or you assume that I've already made my decision. Of course. Then you have to keep... You have to talk. You have to wrap me out. Right. But that's ridiculous. That's crazy. That doesn't make any sense. If you... I mean, that's exactly right. It's a paradox. The, the va- John Nash's equilibrium, that is to say the optimal behavior in that situation actually insists that we both rat, even though somehow it's not mm. to our collective advantage. Because hmm. so, if, if you're staying quiet and I tell on you, right. I, 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 I walk out the door. That's right. And if you talk, 
and I talk, I still don't get the maximum. Right. That's right. So yeah, you always so come talking. out ahead. Yeah. If once I've made my decision, you always come out ahead. Now, see, this was kind of like um, with the million-dollar giveaway. Mm-hmm. If you assume that everybody's already made their decision and that you're the only person left to make a decision, then you should always try to one-up whatever else has come by, come right. already, right? Right. But then everybody else is doing the same thing. And pretty much the equilibrium point in that game really was at infinity. Really, everything was driving towards everybody sending in the worst possible solutions. So now remember that uh, the people that sent in the big numbers we referred to as um, not nice. Right, right. Right. And somehow, though, they were acting the most rationally. And in fact, they were acting in exactly the way that Nash's theorem would indicate. And the way you told me people would act. Absolutely. You said, this is what's going to happen, and that's what happened. I mean, it was exactly what happened. You were really genuinely worried that yeah, we, we would be, be on the hook for a million bucks. <laughs> Something bad, right. you know. But I knew because the rational choice is to send in a ridiculously high number. And and the um, more people you open this up to, right. the, m- the more, more likely it's going to be that way. It doesn't even take very many. And so um, so something's wrong with Nash's theorem too, with Nash's perspective. And so his theorem is 50 years old, and a big part of what – has transpired since then, like why there's thousands of papers on the prisoner's dilemma, is trying to understand, well, why, how does that really reflect, uh, when does that really reflect real human behavior and when mm-hmm. does it not? I mean, sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. And it um, turns out that it's when we have repeated interactions that that's really where those kinds of things emerge. Hmm. And um, I don't really have a puzzle this week, but mm-hmm. I'd really just like to encourage people to... Um, check out this book, and we'll talk a little bit more about Nash's work and some other things next week. Prisoner's Dilemma by William Poundstone. Yeah. And I will make you this solemn promise. Uh-huh. If, if we get arrested with the same crime, I'm, I'm not going to talk. Okay, I agree. If, if you agree. Well, see, that's because, you know, certainly we have a friendship and we have right. a relationship. Right. And so that's the extra part that right. is uh, it's I repeated. I will not inter- you out. It's kind of amazing. If we were to play the Prisoner's Dilemma, like, uh, over and over and over again— then that would completely change the dynamic. Well, and of course, and what you can't put in is is, is our the history of two people. Mm-hmm. If I think, well, you've learned to trust to somebody exactly. exactly. But if I right. think, oh, he's over there, of course he wants out. Right. Then I better absolutely talk. right. Okay. Heim, thanks a lot. Thank you. Heim Goodman Strauss is a math professor at the University of Arkansas.